1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. I'll read these verses, and that will get us started in this additional video in our studies in 1 Peter, brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. 1 Peter 1, 22 through 25. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let me reopen our studies in 1 Peter by reminding us that this was written by the Apostle Peter. He wrote this to Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. They were suffering, and Peter wanted to provide from God just the instruction and the encouragement and the imperatives they needed for their continued patient endurance of suffering knowing not only would their suffering end, but beyond that, there would be glory promised to all followers of Christ. Now, this part is about, as applied to us today, how we become children of God, and then how we continue that relationship with our continued focus on the Word of God, obedience, and brotherly love. Obedience to the Word of God brought us into God's family. Obedience to the Word of God keeps us in God's family, and part of that is this sincere love for one another that must continue. It should not escape the notice of Bible readers Peter's emphasis on obedience and this is in harmony with every other New Testament writer. I want you to see three times in this chapter at three strategic places, the Apostle Peter puts before us obedience. Look back at chapter 1 and verse 2, obedience to Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, verse 14, obedient children. In chapter 1, verse 22, obedience to the truth. Remember something I was talking about in the previous class? The connection between blessings and behavior. God provides all the spiritual blessings we need in Christ. To participate in those blessings, my faith in Christ must produce the activity of obedience. Peter was writing to suffering Christians. He placed great emphasis on the blessings they enjoyed as Christians. But one thing Peter is doing is urging continued obedience. Now, verse 22 points to the past decision of their initial obedience 
to the gospel. Peter says, since you have done this, or English Standard Version, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Other translations, you obeyed the truth to purify your souls. Sin causes soul impurity. Christ died to be the remedy. Our obedience personally applies that remedy to ourselves. So Peter says to Christians, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Then Peter takes us to the behavior that comes after that initial obedience. And one outcome of this initial obedience to the gospel was and is a sincere brotherly love. When you obey the gospel, one effect is to love others who are now your brothers and sisters in Christ. You hear the gospel and you obey it. You purify your soul by that obedience based on the death of Christ to cleanse the inner man of the defilement of sin and become a child of God. One effect of that, a sincere love of the brethren. Peter turns this into an imperative. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. The love we are to have for each other should pass the test of three things in 1 Peter 1.22. Sincere, fervent, from the heart. Let's take up each one briefly. Sincere, that means real, genuine, not pretended. There is nothing as cold and obvious as fake love. Love that isn't genuine. It is superficial. It's an act. It's not real. Paul in Romans 12 and verse 9 echoes what Peter wrote, where he says, let love be genuine. That's Romans 12 and verse 9. It is hypocritical to put on a mask or display of love for your fellow Christians when it isn't real. Number two, earnest, fervent, with passion and devotion. This love is obvious and active. It motivates care and expression. So let love be genuine. Remember, this is an outcome of obeying the truth of the gospel. Your soul is purified, and you, you now love others who are part of your spiritual family. And three, from the heart, that has to do with the origin of this love. From a pure heart, from inside of you, a heart made pure, by obedience to the gospel. Real obedience to the gospel should produce this real love for others who have also obeyed the gospel. It's time now to talk about being born again in verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Two times in this chapter, reference is made to being born again, verse 3 and verse 23. Peter speaks of Christians as people 
who have been born again. So let's deal with that. If you were here on earth alive today, you were born once a physical birth into an earthly family. When you hear, believe, and obey the gospel, you are born again, and that is a spiritual birth into God's family. In both cases, there is seed and new life. In the case of spiritual birth, there is seed, which is the word of God. And the new life described back in verse 14, obedient children. The new birth is not something that happens to you against your will. No. The new birth is something that happens as a result of your will, responding to the seed, the implanted word. And of course, the salvation is based on the redemption provided by the blood of Christ. When you hear, believe, and obey the gospel, you are born again. That is a spiritual birth into God's family. In popular religious vocabulary, you will hear people talk about born-again Christians, as if to suggest they were Christians, and then after that, they were born again. Well, that's redundant. All Christians, by New Testament definition, have been born into God's family. All born-again people are Christians. When you hear, believe, and obey the gospel, you are born again. That is a spiritual birth into God's family. And you can read more about that from the words of Jesus to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and then just keep reading to learn more about that in the book of Acts. When you hear, believe, and obey the gospel, you were born again. That is a spiritual birth into God's family. The seed that causes this new birth is not perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. Let's understand, any talk about the new birth that leaves out the word of God cannot be correct, is not in harmony with the truth. And any account someone gives of being born again that leaves out obedience to the word of God is not correct. If this passage teaches us anything about the new birth, it teaches the seed is the word of God and our response is required. Remember, obedience is mentioned three times in 1 Peter chapter 1. And in this context, it's in verse 22. So the permanent, absolutely true, authentic word of God that we have in this book, when responded to by the obedience of faith, brings us into the family of God, being born again. You hear God's message about the problem of sin and Jesus as the solution. You read what God directed the apostles to teach about how to respond, how to apply the remedy, you do that. Repenting, confessing, being baptized. You're being born into God's family by responding to God's word based on the death of Christ for us. 
and it brings you into a spiritual family where there is love, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And then Peter quotes from Isaiah 40, 6 through 8. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of God remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This is a passage that expresses the nature of the word of God. Grass and flower that comes up through the grass have a temporal nature that passes. Not so with the word of God. It continues. It is permanent. And this is the word which was preached to you. I wanted to say more about the Isaiah passage from Isaiah chapter 40. The context of Isaiah 40 is Israel was to be holy, a separated nation, showing God's glory. That purpose could not be realized without listening to God's word and obeying him wholeheartedly. Same for us. The word of God that we obeyed to bring us into God's family must have our continued attention after we enter God's family so that we can be holy and show God's glory. Let me add two simple observations about the word of God. Number one, the word reveals as much of God's mind as he wills for us to know. If you want to rise above your emotions, the culture and what men think Consider what God thinks and base your life on what God thinks that he has revealed. You can know what God thinks about the various choices and involvements of your life. The word of God reveals as much of God's mind as he wills for us to know about how we need to respond to him and live right. Number two, I need to say we do not study the Bible just to get to know the Bible. We study the Bible to get to know the author. If you want to know more about God and have a closer relationship with him, determine you will read and study his word. You know, it's not just about knowing data, putting facts into your mind, looking at outlines or jotting down points that you hear. We do not study the Bible just to get to know the Bible. We study the Bible to get to know God better and be his children and love those in our family. Before my takeaways, I'll pause for just a moment. So what about this love that Peter speaks of? In 1 Corinthians 13, it is described according to what it does. Love is patient and kind. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know, there's some things people do where love isn't required and may not be present at all. You can be a computer programmer. You can work a manual labor job. You can be a clerk in an office. You can write a book, play an instrument, fill out tax forms. A lot of things people do, they do without love. And love is not a requirement for many kinds of occupations. But you can't be a Christian without love. What we just read in 1 Corinthians 13, what Peter says, what Jesus exhibited, what Paul wrote, love is essential. One result of obeying the gospel should be love toward others who are now your family. That brings me to this. Notice all these words in this passage. God is called Father in verses 2, 3, and 17. We are born again, verses 3 and 23. We are children, verse 14. There is brotherly love, verse 22. What do all those words have in common? They're all family words. There ought to be among us a strong sense of family that shows in how we treat each other, care for each other, encourage each other, defend each other, sacrifice for each other. Where this family unity and affection is missing, there will always be trouble, and God is displeased. The living and abiding Word of God. Did you know during the New Testament time, other documents were being written and circulated and compiled? Can you name another book written in the first century? Most of us cannot. Maybe we mentioned Josephus. The Bible is the longest surviving book of any, the living and abiding Word of God. And one more time, I want to emphasize again from our passage, this brotherly love must be sincere, from the heart, real, not pretended. We cannot let our guard down with respect to attitude and treatment of each other. Love is the tie that binds us together. And without sincere love from the heart that is fervent, there is always trouble. I hope that trouble will not disturb your life, that you will be engaged in obedience to the truth and sincere love that comes from that obedience. Thank you for listening.